0: I wanted people to still think I was the person that I was before that as well. And I continuously didn't change my standard of living. I never lived below my means. I always lived above them at that point just to maintain an image.
1: Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. To join me, go to myworstinvestmentever.com and sign up for my free weekly Become a Better Investor newsletter, where I share how to reduce risk and create, grow, and protect your wealth. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy. And I'm here with featured guests, Matt Lebrie. Matt, are you ready to join the mission?
0: I am very ready. And I want to express gratitude to you for having me here and letting me join this mission with you. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. In fact, I was listening to
1: one of the episodes of, of your podcast. That was episode 256 with Dr. Corey Yeager. And Mm -hmm. there was some great, you know, great stuff. But thinking about gratitude, the questions that we're asking and how we're, you know, making ourselves better people. So fantastic. Well, let me introduce you to the audience. Matt is a born and raised New Yorker who has inevitably caught the hustler spirit that fills his hometown streets. A Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee, Matt has worked with Damon John of Shark Tank as well as hosted a top- 1% globally ranked podcast called Decoding Success. His life mission, impact one person a day. And that's what he's here to do today. Matt, take a minute and tell us about the unique value that you are bringing to this wonderful world.
0: You know, that's such a beautiful question. And I wrote it down to ensure that I can ponder on it further after this. But I'm going to close my eyes, take a breath, and I'm going to give you what comes to mind. It might not be the sexiest answer, but you're going to help me unwire it and unpack it and do all of that. So give me one second here. You got it. So, what's coming up for me is an individual. I'm merely just an individual like everyone else that has is expletives allowed here sure that has fucked up a whole ton in life (laughs) but i've also won a whole ton in life but what i'm currently doing my unique intrinsic value i believe is helping individuals get back to their core get homecoming getting back to who we truly are at our core level the reason i say that will most definitely be disclosed in this episode, being that it connects to my worst investment ever. But I will say it is exactly that. My unique intrinsic value, and I'm glad we're talking about this, Mm. is helping people come back to who they are at their true essence. Why do people
1: go off track? I mean, we're beautiful. We're great just as we are. You know, we're unique. And when you think about, you know, having fun as a kid and in a great environment, and then
0: all these things happen and we go way off track. Why do yeah. we go off track? So many reasons. So, so many reasons. Parents, parenting, conditioning. You know, why does why does my mom cook a ham in a certain pot? Mm. You know, it's because her grandmother did and then her grandmother did, right? You yeah. know, that's just how it goes. Our friends growing up. I remember I grew up, I went to private school my whole life. But I'll tell you this, in elementary school, I really wanted to join a gang. Don't ask me why. I grew up in a great neighborhood, but that's what people around me on my basketball team and on my baseball team, kids that were going to public school, that's what they did. I wanted to do that. Culture, society, so many factors pull us away. Today, what we were just talking about, Instagram, right? We can spend hours upon hours scrolling on our phones, saying to ourselves, This is what I want. But is it really what you want? Mm-hmm. Or is it what the person you look up to, to you know, is? in possession of, and that makes you want it. There's so many factors that pull us away from who we are at our core. I can go into all of them, but we would be here for hours upon hours. There's a lot for sure. I was just thinking about when I was young, we used to play
1: pinball and mm. just the way that the ball bounces around from you know all kinds of different things that it's hitting. It's like, that's what we go through in life. And half of our life is untangling the messes you know, if you want to live a life of kind of self-awareness, you have to start to go back and ask the question, why do I react this way to that? Mm. What is it? And I'll, I'll give you a simple example, Matt. Six years ago, my mom came to live with me in Bangkok when my father passed away. And, um, you know, all my life, I never really ate shell food, right? Clams or other things like that. I just didn't, wasn't that keen on it. I would eat lobster or shrimp or something or fish, but I didn't eat that. And when my mom came, we were just talking one day about how we went to Stone Harbor, in New Jersey, when we were young, we drove from Ohio to New Jersey and had two weeks there. And when we got back from one of those trips, when I was like six or seven, my dad and my two sisters got hepatitis and they were locked in their room. They were actually quarantined in their rooms. And my mom was, you know, preparing the food for them and all that and, and try to, it was a dangerous situation. My mom and I didn't catch it. But they suspected at the time that they caught it from eating shellfish. Mm. So then I was like, oh, so that's why I don't eat shellfish. Huh. I just never really put it together. And then you just realize how things happen in our lives that set our mindset at that time in a certain way. And we never even know. I mean, I, I didn't even really think about it at all. And so it, it, you make me think about mindset a lot.
0: Yeah, I think what you said is very beautiful, right? Because we all have the opportunity to untangle or peel back the layers if we choose to do so. We don't all choose to do so. And one thing that I've been ultra curious about is the why behind that. And this conversation can go super Mm -hmm. metaphysical here. It can go in so many different directions. but. Why? And of course, the very human rebuttal is that it's scary, right? Why do we not face ourselves in the mirror and peel back those layers? Because, you know, we, we want love, we want attention, we want all of these things without a doubt. But maybe by doing so, we'll realize that we never got that or whatever it is that will, it will be revealed. But furthermore, are we meant to? Mm. in this lifetime right this can get it can get so deep but i appreciated that the fact that you said that because it's true there's people in my life that i would have loved if they would have done that type of work on themselves and they choose not to but you know you can't really focus on anyone but yourself and that you know it's troublesome at times and it hurts sometimes but that's the reality
1: I I learned a lot from uh, my ex-girlfriend many years ago and we were in a relationship. It was really kind of her first really serious relationship. And it was all about abandonment issues Mm. ultimately. And it was just so difficult and painful and, and it was just really hard. And eventually she decided to go to a therapist and she went to a therapist and I picked her up that, I took her there and then I left. I picked her up and we went out and had dinner and she just cried the whole night. And she woke up the next day, a changed person. Wow. It was remarkable. And basically she was aware that she was having real issues and that she was, you know, looking that I was potentially abandoning her, but she wasn't, you know, she hadn't addressed it. It hadn't really come up. And so she went to the therapist and she, I asked her what happened. She said, I went to the therapist and they asked, she asked me to describe a situation of abandonment if she had it. And she described how her mother didn't pick her up one day when she was supposed to pick her up from the private school that she stayed at and lived at. And eventually the the people running the school said, well, come back in and let's go to bed. And you know, and your mom's not coming you know, and wow. that was like the time that she really realized she couldn't rely on her mom and that she was abandoned by her mom. They still, her parents still like paid for everything, but she wasn't getting the emotional support. So the 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 therapist said, this doll, you know, firstly, he said, imagine yourself in the most comfortable place in your life, you know? And she's like, okay, my sofa, I'm here, yeah. And this doll represents you. And she put it across the room and she said, go pick up the doll. Nobody's gonna pick you up. You've got to go pick yourself up. Yeah, And then she went across and picked the doll up, went back and just sobbed. And she sobbed for 24 hours. And then, so the lesson that I learned from it is that sometimes in our lives, when we're trying to discover ourselves, there's a lot of layers that we got to dig through. And sometimes it's right there. The awareness is there. And when the awareness is there with the right feedback and the right person involved, these things can be revealed and resolved. So, you
0: know, I was just thinking about that when, when you were talking authenticity,
1: that's what this podcast is about.
0: Oh, I love it. And I I love the way we've started. I, I appreciate you sharing that story. I mean, kudos to her because a lot of people, like I said, they, they won't turn inward. And, you know, for the fact that she did is a beautiful thing. And I'm glad to know that she was a changed person after that abandonment's no joke, you know, and, Oftentimes what we don't realize is when we don't do the work that we need to do for ourselves, we're actually abandoning our true self. Mm -hmm. Right? We're we're abandoning our true self and we're not (laughs) we're just not gonna live the life that we can truly live, our truest potential, and we'll end up settling, whether it be at a you know, in your career, at a job in business or or whatever the case may be, in numerous different facets, we actually abandon ourselves for the sake of allowing ourselves to feel what we believe is not foreign. What's the best way to say not foreign? The opposite of that. I don't want to use the word comfortable, but mm. what's familiar? There we go. Familiar. You know, we'll, we'll abandon ourselves for what's familiar.
1: Mm well that's a great discussion i think there's a lot to learn and for everybody out (laughs) there you know i always share my own experience of being in drug rehab when i was 16 17 my Mm. senior year in high school i was basically in three different rehabs and struggling but i was being pushed by people to face those you know all the past and the issues that i was dealing with and it was like a reboot to the computer And so I always like to tell people, you know, there's, you can always, always improve yourself by looking at, you know, what's going on in your past and being able to address it. And really on a lighter side, that's what this podcast is about, is looking at our past and seeing what we can learn from it. So now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the story and the circumstances leading up to it, and then tell us your story
0: absolutely i will say that my worst investment ever was in my ego the reason being is because in my very early 20s i'm grateful for my life i would never change anything about it anything like i am so grateful for the way every everything turned out but it goes back to when i was in college i I'm very fortunate to have had an opportunity to surround myself with individuals that are a little bit older than me in a particular business venture. It was a New York City hospitality throwing events, and I'm in my early 20s, and I'm raking it in. I'm doing good for myself, and it felt damn good right to know that you're making a certain amount of money, I'm driving a nice car, you know, I'm able to give my parents money if they ask for money. Like it felt really good to know I was in that position. I was able to travel, eat out and it never felt like I was making a dent in my pocket or my bank account. And at a certain point the business started to change and I started to change as a person and it led me to taking the next step and that next step was taking on an internship with Damon John of Shark Tank i had met him on my college campus i had a 5 minute conversation with him he looked at me like i was absolutely crazy and i had 10 heads when i told him i was going to work for him and i'm saying to myself i know this one head right here is pretty big but it definitely don't look like 10 so he thought i was crazy but i ended up getting an internship with him and i had to take the leap of faith because it was unpaid But the thing, Andrew, that I didn't do was change the way I was living. Mm. I never changed the way I was living because although I'm working for a shark, I wanted people to still think I was the person that I was before that as well. Right. Right. And I continuously didn't change my standard of living. I never lived below my means. I always lived above them at that point just to maintain an image. And that's why I say my worst investment ever was in my ego because I blew $80,000. Granted, I was paying for my own college tuition, Mm. so that's incorporated in that. But to make the story sound extra sexy, I I give the full amount. And man, I was taking Uber XLs when I could have been taking the train. I was eating at the most lavish of restaurants when I could have been eating at home, you know, the food that was in my fridge Mm. and it hurt for many years. And I think I'm still trying to forgive myself for that. But Mm. that right there was my worst investment ever.
1: And how would you describe the lessons that you learned from that?
0: I'm still learning them, you know. I'm definitely still learning them. I think ultimately one thing that I'm learning. I'm actually reading a book by T. Harv Ecker. Are you familiar with him? Yep. Okay. A millionaire. So I'm mind. reading a. There you go. That's the book I'm reading. And in this book, I've realized that the span of two years, three years, where I was really living above my means. I believe what had happened from that particular event programs me to believe that I'm not worthy of having that type of money, right? It's not to say that I can't make that type of money, but I believe on a subconscious level, number one lesson is that being that I spent my money in such a way that I do not deserve to withhold that type of money so that's lesson number one subconsciously Mm. how are you money programmed right that's number one number two is the blatantly obvious live below your means right there's no one to impress right and if if you're confident in your core self as we talked about earlier you don't really care about who who's out there to impress is it nice to not worry about the right hand side of a menu absolutely i don't care if i see mp next to a an order of fish you know but should you be doing that five nights a week not necessarily right i mean unless you're hosting business clients and you could justify it like let's be realistic i'm not telling people to be you know cheap charlie and i'm not here to point a finger at the way anyone else spends their money but lesson number two for me was live below your means and obviously i i i you know, went a little bit further on that, but that's one and two and maybe potentially one A and one B. Yep. Maybe I'll share a couple
1: of things. I mean, the one thing that I've learned is that your life's going to be full of ups and downs Mm. and you've got to manage during your uptimes, you've got to provide the cushion that you need to survive the downtime. Mm -hmm. And that's not only financial, it's also emotional, you know? Yep and you're gonna face a lot of ups and downs. And so that's the first thing that I was thinking about because I've been through so many ups and downs. And when I, in the 1997 Asian crisis, we had set up a factory in Thailand and I was working as an investment banker and basically everything collapsed. I lost my job, the factory, basically the business didn't you know, take off the way we had hoped. And then the economy collapsed by 11% in 1998. And basically what we did is we just said, my best friend and I, who was running the business at the time, we said, we're going to move into the factory. Mm -hmm. And we cut our cost to zero for rent. And we moved into a factory out on the outskirts of Bangkok, Thailand, in, in like a jungle area, practically, in a little industrial, you know, cement building with one room that had air conditioning, where we put two beds in like we were back at university. And we're fearless and we're not afraid to bring ourselves down to our roots. And I would share one other story of mine and that is when I, when I got sober, I got out of treatment and I was in 12 step programs as I've been in for my life. But when I got out of, uh, I was 18 and my, my parents was like, okay, go out, make your way. And I didn't have any money to go to school. I was just like working at a factory and all that stuff. And I didn't have anything. I mean, literally, I remember going to church at times to get, you know, canned goods and getting food stamps Mm -hmm. occasionally at times. But what I remember is every night I went to a 12-step group meeting with my friends and I was making great friendships. And that taught me that happiness and money are not correlated. Yeah. And, you know, you can have it and be happy. You can have it and not be happy. But I know when everything is stripped from me, I still have me. Mm. And that is, you know, you remind me of that and the importance of understanding. Number one, there's a lot of ups and downs. So you've got to prepare for the downs during the up period. And number two, if you can get yourself to be down at the lowest level of spending and all of that and take pride in that, then you really can see that happiness can come, you know, even when you're going to face everything. Cause a lot of people, they they lose everything and they, they kill themselves or they go into a deep depression. And so, you know, those are the things I would take away. Anything you would add to that?
0: Yeah. I think, you know, I appreciate all of those shares and ultimately Looking back at that period of time, the reason why I think I hung my head on it so much was because my, my worth wasn't in me. It was in what I had. Mm. Right. And being that my worth was in what I had when it was dwindling down, my worth was dwindling down. And it's really, really. Hard to admit that, but it's the truth. And that was revealed to me over the course of, you know, the past few years when I was able to turn inward and realize that, listen, the car that you were leasing had to go back after the three years, you know, you no longer have that car. How do you feel about yourself now? Mm. Do you care about what you drive? You know, you're no longer a member at this private membership only club, How do you feel about yourself now, right? All of those things were very revealing. So ultimately you got to turn, you got to turn that worth inward without a doubt. So that that's definitely something to add. And it's, it's mandatory,
1: which goes back to the, the unique value that you are bringing to the world. I think this Mm. story definitely connects with that. So based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn in your life, let's go back in time. Mm. What one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same
0: fate? Wow. Understand. (laughs) Understand how money works. Understand how money works. If money's not coming in, be very cautious of how it's going out. I know that might sound basic, but every week I would travel into the city as an intern, taking the express bus, nonetheless, not the train, there's about a five dollar difference one way, two ways it's ten dollars per day. I would get a, a juice, a fresh juice, which was ten dollars, or at twenty dollars now, right? I would get lunch in Manhattan is not cheap. That's yeah. another fifteen. I'm at thirty five dollars. Multiply that over a week. Multiply that by a full year, without money coming in or very little of it being that you were an intern for X amount of months or whatever. The very simple understanding of how money works is you know the absolute key and if i could throw some something else in here yep. especially being that it's 2023 i think it's really important to understand that you can make money in many different ways yeah. right looking back if i could do yeah. maybe a second thing different is put the ego to the side and pick up my phone and Start delivering Uber Eats on the weekend, Mm. start delivering DoorDash on the weekend, doing something, maybe going through my baseball cards and seeing what I could sell on eBay, right? There's a million and one ways to make money. And I think at the time, my ego had the best of me because I didn't want to be seen doing something I believed I was above. And are you really ever above anything? If you're operating from the vibration of love, you're not. Yeah. And this is something I'm still working on, by the way. So I don't want to come here and sound like this enlightened guru yep. that has it all figured out. Oh. But at the end of the day, these are the things that I would change without a doubt.
1: I like what a Thai, a Thai friend of mine that we used to work together used to say. He said, he always called me Statsy. Statsy, I'm a street fighter. <laughs> Everything I got was from street fighting on the street, you know, learning and scrapping with no money and you know, all that. And he took pride in that. And I think for the listeners out there, take pride of being a street fighter and out there on the street and out there hustling and keeping your costs low. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot that can be gained from that. Let me ask you, what's a resource of either yours that you have or anything else? I mean, you've already mentioned about, about the millionaire mind. Is there anything else that you'd recommend?
0: in pertaining to money? Yeah, or anything, anything that's helped you. Number one thing that's helped me is therapy number one thing that's helped me. I put myself in therapy in June of 2020. I was going through a relationship that was bringing up anxiety in my life. And I said to myself, why is this happening? Like, this has been a little bit of a pattern at this point. Mm. And I said to myself, why am I an anxious person? Let's uncover it. Mm. And I got curious. I said, you know what? Enough's enough. Let me try therapy, put myself in therapy. And that is exactly why I'm able to meet you here today, the way that I'm able to meet you here. That's the best way to put it. I discovered, and at that point I was probably 26 or I think I was 26 years old and wow, 26 years of unpacking Mm. a lot to unpack everything from the divorced parents to the abandonment, the rejection, the, the, you know, emotionally unavailable parents, emotionally unavailable partners, all of it, it was all included in that deal. But that was the best. That was absolutely the best investment I made in myself.
1: That's a great one. And for the listeners out there, you know, number one, if you feel down or you're struggling, talk to somebody. Number two, if you can find a therapist or somebody that you can kind of regularly work through these things, you know, it's really I did about 2000 hours of therapy during my youth mm. because of my addiction and where I was and it it definitely shaped me to to understand myself and others much better. So my last question for you is what's your number one goal for the next 12 months?
0: Number one goal for the next 12 months is to adopt the mindset of a very simple equation. The equation is not something I came up with so I'm going to give kudos to where kudos need to be given. It's to John Gordon I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. An incredible individual that's written many books. And the equation is something that I'm working on because, as you mentioned, there's ups and downs in life, right? And that is without, that's is without—that's something we cannot control as much as we'd like to. We're on a roller coaster here. Sometimes the ups are high. Sometimes the lows are low. But the equation is E plus P equals O. What that stands for is events which are uncontrollable. Some are at least Mm. some are controllable those events, which is a variable being that we can't always control it. Plus the P which stands for perspective E plus P equals O events plus perspective equals the outcome. What I want to do in the next 12 months is truly adopt that 2022 was the hardest year of my life. Turned 30 years old in 2022. It was very dark at times. I was struggling at times. It got lighter. But then it rained again. Mm -hmm. And now it's sunny in my life. And I told myself, I need to adopt the mindset of understanding that my perspective is what's going to determine the outcome of any dark time and any bright time. And I'm not saying for anyone that's listening to this right now, if you're going through a breakup right now, if you're in a position where you just lost $80,000, if you're on the struggle bus, it's not easy to believe that you're experiencing what you're experiencing for a reason. but six months down the line, maybe three, maybe a full year, maybe six years, you're going to look back and you're going to say, oh, that's why I experienced that. Mm. So your perspective might take a little time to kick in, but it will. But that's my goal for the next 12 months. Fantastic.
1: Well, listeners, there you have it, another story of loss to keep you winning. Remember, I'm on a mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. If you've not yet joined that mission, just go to myworstinvestmentever.com and join the free weekly Become a Better Investor newsletter to reduce risk in your life. As we conclude, Matt, I want to thank you again for joining our mission. And on behalf of Aestats Academy, I hereby award you Alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience?
0: I absolutely do. My parting words are sharing gratitude with you for what you've built 600 plus episodes, 600 plus individuals that you've had on here. I'm giving you your kudos. I'm expressing gratitude. Thank you so much for the opportunity to join you here on this platform. Shout out to everyone that's listening to this. I always say, if you are tuned into this, there is a reason you're tuned into this. There's something within this episode you need to hear. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been listening to this. So on that note, I am saying thank you again for this opportunity. Boom. That's a
1: wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well Fellow risk takers, let's celebrate that today we added one more person to our mission to help 1 million people reduce risk in their lives. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.